0: Welcome to The Family Room, sponsored by Sprite, where we offer hope, encouragement, and wisdom centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, right here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio.
1: Welcome into another week of The Family Room. This is Craig Wiesmeyer. I'm here with John Gordon and Mari Cleveland. Hello. Hello. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about our show today. Yeah. I'm throwing it to you, Mari. Oh,
2: you're going to throw it to me. Well, we've got an amazing story of hope and of God. I think that's the... That's it. That's it. it. It's it's God. It's all about God.
3: It is. And that's who our guest, he
2: he continues to claim it's all about God. I love that. This will
3: be a living, breathing a version of Romans eight twenty
2: eight. 28. Uh, right. all, things all, all things happen for good. Work together yes. for good yes. for those who yes. love God, who are called according to his purpose. I love that verse. Perfect. Okay, since we're already quoting scripture, why don't we throw it to you, John, and ask you to open us in prayer.
3: I'd be glad to do it. Let's start in the name of the Father, Lord, and of the Son, and, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for these people. Thank you for this opportunity. It is amazing, absolutely stunning when we stop and think about all of the mess through which you walk and through which we are pulled to land where your heart desires us to be, and that's just squarely in your heart, squarely in your care, and and under the, the perfection of your providence. And today, Father, we just ask you to open our minds and hearts, those of us here in the studio and those of us listening, that we might see and hear and what we're about to experience. Your call, your everlasting call to us, your passionate call to us—to please come and spend eternity with me, mm-hmm. Father. We ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 The Father, the the Son, awesome. Holy, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit amen. amen.
2: Amen. So our guest today, we just alluded to. Um, he. Um, praises God for everything that's happened in his life and his story is one of just beautiful redemption and hope. We have Phil Nagel with us here in the studio. We're so thankful for him to come. He's he's a supporter of the Quest and we are so thankful he's on the radio with us today. Um he is the CEO and founder of First Pro. It was originally he and his wife founded it here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um but they're currently an IT staffing, staffing company with offices in Philadelphia and Boston now and primarily Um, They're a Christian-based company, and, Mm -hmm. and that happens in a lot of really cool, mighty ways that we'll hear from Phil about. But Phil, welcome into the family room. We're so happy to have you with us.
4: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
1: So, as we start, Phil, I know when we were talking a little bit before the show, again, faith journeys are a big deal. Like people like to hear what we brought, you bring to the table, and you know, you said you were born and raised Catholic, but can you walk us through your faith journey a little bit? You know, talking about how your family was growing up and then maybe where you've encountered God along the
4: way? Sure, I was raised in South Florida mm-hmm, and uh, came from a big Catholic family and we had six children and uh, uh, we were devout Catholics and my grandfather uh, was one of 12. Wow. Wow. And he was the only one, uh, all of his brothers and sisters became priests and nuns. Oh, wow. All of them? All of them, wow. except for wow. him. Wow. Well, thank God for him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so we were brought up in a pretty, uh, uh, the basic cradle Catholic situation.
1: That's pretty amazing though. I mean, what what kind of, I guess, great grandparents you had that would lead 11 children to become uh, Priests and nuns. Religious. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's interesting. You talk about how sin can travel down on a family, but here you're talking about blessings, even though you may have gone off the rails a little bit in some of the things that happened to you god was still there leading you behind the scenes
2: yeah yeah and i'm thinking about all those priests and nuns (laughs) praying during all the times of things that happened in your life a lot of things which were out of your control that happened um just because of the time of history that you were coming up and everything but all those all those priests and nuns also praying for you along the way that's beautiful
3: i didn't realize that and as we start to get a little deeper into your story all that comes into play now suddenly and you understand why you were able to do some of the things that you were able to do so it hasn't always been just like a little slice out of the perfect uh, catholic life walk for you phil right there were some days and times that were a little bit darker i guess give us the reader's digest version it's not the typical faith one
4: no uh in my childhood from zero to 13th we we had one big cross uh when i was about 15 years old uh my brother and i were uh in a, a, in a terrible bike truck accident mm. and uh, my brother fell off his bike and the garbage truck knocked him down and I'm sitting there hearing him scream for help and the back wheels ran over his head mm. and uh, that was a traumatic event imagine. and that was a cross for the family to carry mm-hmm. and so that was a, a, a center point of which direction every member of the family went mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. no 15 year old should have to witness yeah. something like yeah, that definitely. and there was also i think you said there was a little bit of addiction in the family maybe some alcoholism that you had to
4: yes we had, uh it, it was my my parents were were, were alcoholics mm-hmm. and so the the six children uh had to live in a dysfunctional family mm-hmm. and uh we pretty much survived ourselves they 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 were very good parents as far as going to church and stuff, but we never knew when the devil was inside them right. mm. and so uh we became close six kids, yeah, yeah no.
2: And when, you know, and you think about um, when you were growing up and to some extent for some people today, you went through a huge trauma at 15 and yet there wasn't any, where's the school counselor, where's somebody helping you get through something like this. So that was one of those crosses that you just put on your back and you started to carry along with you as you continued to work really hard and um, survive. Yeah. Yeah
4: that uh, that I was born in 47 I'm 76 years old that mm. occurred in 62 mm. and in 62 the, the society hadn't gone that far for counseling yeah so the only thing counseling we received was the monsignor would come over to the house and pretty much as we look back on it you were pretty much told to uh tough it up yeah right? and yeah. so you were on your own so all six kids had to had to figure out how they were going to handle this journey going forward. And the other issue was our, our, the parents just went more to the alcohol. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we right. were on our own again. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's yeah. a tough way not to be able to process your emotions. And I think you had said even in that process, your sister, you guys had a paper route and your sister was like, let's jump back on the paper route. That's what your brother would want you to do. And. I mean yeah. I'd have been under a bed like whining and crying and been like, no way in the world I'm gonna do that. But yet you did.
4: Yes. She yeah. woke us woke me up the next morning at fifteen and she was sixteen and my brother that was just died eighteen hours ago and we went and delivered our paper. Mm. But God was there that day mm. because when we went to pick up the papers, the the a big picture of our brother was on the front page mm. and it was very hard. But as we delivered the papers and threw them out of the car, people came out, every house, and mm. hugging us and telling us and praying. That was really the Holy Spirit helping us go forward. Also, my grandfather who, who uh, and grandmother who were devout Catholics that prayed every day in mass were, were, were essential in helping us try to hold hold on to God and we could get through it during the grieving spot. So even though our parents were lost, Mm -hmm. my grandparents that had that supported us.
3: And you had a communion of saints you shared with us as you had all these family members who were priests and nuns. And Phil, we were talking with another guest just not too long ago, and we were talking about the idea of the weed in your garden that just can't be killed, right? You can spray it and, and do all kinds of things to it, and it goes away, and then all of a sudden it springs back up again and it's and it's right there. And and I hate to think about God and our faith in the form of a weed, but we were talking about once those seeds are planted and you had the power of these family members praying and even neighbors, as you said, people come out and you saw the Holy Spirit, that that what got planted couldn't be killed, right? And and you'll you have a story that says, Yeah, I got more to show you that it, it wasn't even close to getting killed, right?
4: Correct. But I think the thing to remember is we were young plants, mm-hmm. meaning that my sister was 16, I was 15, and, and, you know, 13, 12, 10, you know, so, I mean, so, so you're, you're, you're 100% correct. But we were still growing.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: So we, we had to, we had to face God's crossroads and and decisions. <laughs> young. Yeah, yeah,
2: you definitely yeah. did. Yeah. And no,
1: that's that's tough, and I can see that it still gets yeah. to you. So, yeah, they didn't end there, though, right? You know, that was the age of Vietnam, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And you had some experiences in Vietnam that I hate to say piled on, but made yeah. uh, made that hurt even more difficult, right? So, Correct. without going into a lot of detail, can you just kind of talk quickly about a I'd Vietnam?
4: I'd rather not at that at this stage. Yeah. Know, okay. Yeah. I, I would. I'd rather you know uh but you
1: saw some tragedy it's, you saw some things that you should never have been able to see it's sufficient impact, to say it
5: was Let's a classic vietnam yeah. scenario
3: right. Yeah, right, classic. Right. And there's nothing good that came that out of yeah came and i think our
2: listeners those who are um of an age who were around during vietnam or yep. who had parents or whatever they know that there were things that happened that um created people scars people brought back yeah, the scars and a lot that of pain yeah you
1: couldn't get rid of right. on your own right
2: so when you um, when you came back, obviously you come from this family. You've got a lot of people praying for you. You've learned how to work really hard. Um, you've had these, some pretty tragic situations happen. What happened next? What, where did you go? Because obviously you're a hard worker. You um, want to keep on going. And uh, what happened next in your life?
4: I uh, uh, went back and... T- Worked and attended the University of Miami. Oh, mm-hmm. right.
2: okay. mm-hmm.
5: And
4: I, i one of my friends let uh, uh, got married young, and his wife, and we had about an 800 square foot house in Boca Raton, Florida. Oh. And I slept on the patio. Oh, wow. And I would work 40 hours a week cutting grass and planting.
5: Mm. And wow. then I'd
4: go to school Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And uh, really, uh, uh, and of course I was in close contact with my brothers and sisters and everybody and so continued on uh, uh, getting up on a positive basis yeah and uh moved forward and uh stayed in the church uh but the sometimes the pain would be rough yeah and 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 then I was introduced to uh marijuana and grass at the University of Miami mm. And found out that when you did that at night, the pain went away. Yeah. You giggled, you laughed, and uh, and uh, and so that's what I did. And then, uh, but continued to function very well. Graduated mm-hmm. from the University of Miami, and 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 moved forward.
2: Yeah, and I think just- a lot of people do. That's where they find. Other substances, right, is when they yeah. go off to college, yeah. yeah. I
1: was just going to ask, so you're still going to Mass and things like that during that yeah, period of time? Yeah, correct, Okay. Yeah. So still, right, connected to God, even though you didn't necessarily feel it or you didn't, whatever. There's just staying committed to that yeah. still oh, yeah. had a benefit,
3: even mm-hmm. though... Yeah, correct. I, I love that too, though. So, folks, if you're just joining us, we're in the family room. We're here with Phil Nagel. Um, Phil is the uh, CEO and, and founder of First Pro Recruiting, but we're not talking about recruiting per se. <laughs> it's a pretty amazing uh, walk. And, and we have a chance that we have a little peek, you know, from our conversations with Phil's, but we're kind of talking about this whole faith walk piece, Phil. So you, you, you found a thing that most of us find, and I can say us, cause I'm pretty sure that I qualify in that. We find a way to self-medicate or to do something that takes the pain away from whatever that pain is. Right. And so, I think in our conversations earlier, you said, well, so you just said, you know, it it takes the pain away. You laugh, you giggle, you're good. But I felt like there was more coming behind that, that that wasn't going to be enough to take all the pain away. Is that right?
4: As I look back on my life, I look at this point in my life where God gave me a cross, which we just discussed. Mm -hmm. And the road had a left and the road had a right. And now if I had taken the right and and found through prayer and other things that, uh, to, to, to recover. Mm-hmm. But I, I sinned. I took the left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so off I went on the left. And, and, and when I first took the left, you know, I still stayed with God. But as I got farther and farther down the road, he became more and more distant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he became more and more distant. And the journey went for about uh, 18 years until a big boom occurred. And so uh, it, it, towards the end, I had lost God. At 35 to 40, I had followed the wrong path so long, mm. I wasn't going to church. Yeah. I, 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 I had found a new God, I thought. And it was drugs and alcohol. And and each year I got farther with that and less from that until an event occurred when I was 40, which was some, how many years is that, 20 years later. Mm -hmm. So I survived. But if I would analyze my life, everybody has problems. I have problems. You have problems. And God gives you a choice. Left, right, center. And the devil tempted me, and I followed.
1: Yeah. But interesting, in that whole process, though, you had a lot of success, right? Business success. You had money. You had a lot of those things. You had uh, kind of a bravado, you know, I'm I'm Phil and all those things. What was it like living in that?
4: It it was living. You are 100% correct. I was very successful on that twenty year journey by on the earthly mm. rewards. Yes. Right? Yeah. So 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 somehow I was very successful in obtaining the earthly rewards and earthly prizes and earthly successes and business and stuff. And each time I got that, I I looked back and said, Well, I'm not sure I got as much. Mm. Right. You know, maybe right maybe i had that confused mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and so so the devil had got a hold of me so bad and i yes i was very very successful in business i was well known had a lot of money but the more i made but then something happened i realized i wasn't happy what it, it didn't mean anything
1: yes. so, so what, what happens when that realization came to your mind
4: you want me to say the the well, 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 you're I, comfortable saying. Yeah, okay. When I was 40, I was happily married with three kids and my wife kept asking me to to not use drugs, but I couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would I would I she would go to bed and I I'd keep doing it and I'd get up in the morning to go to work and I'd line up some coke or some heroin before I go to work. I couldn't stop.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: I came home one day and she was gone. And all the kids and said she was never coming back because the man she married was gone.
5: Hmm.
4: Okay. I loved my wife. I loved my kids. And now God was giving me another chance. Left, right, or where do you want to go? And I chose to go to treatment and try to see if I could walk with God.
1: Praise God. Yeah. Amen.
2: That is... The love of the love of a good wife. Right. Yes, ma'am. Because that takes a lot of courage to be to do that. And I've known people who couldn't do that. They they couldn't walk away. But that's what it took for you was for her to do that. And that's a beautiful story. So I think that what's so amazing, one of the things, well, real quick, one of the things you were talking about, you know, you were heading down this path and you were getting farther and farther away from God. There were a lot of people around you who were doing the same thing, right? So it was easy for you to say, Oh, this is just the regular world. This is the world that we That's live in everybody does drugs. Everybody does this. Everybody and I think we live in a world right now where it's really easy yep. to walk away from God because there even are a lot of people. So now, right? Even more so, yeah. Correct. Because there are a lot of people who were so far away from god and doing all kinds of things that you can believe that the world you're living in is the only world there is correct and so what a blessing for you that your wife was like whoa whoa, hold on that's not who you are that's not you're not the man i know your authentic self yes we talked about on the show right exactly that's not the man god created that's not the man i married who loved god who still loves god but maybe it's hidden from him right now Um, so when you did choose to go to treatment that's, it sounds like, where maybe God showed back up in a big way for you. Can you that, share a bit about that story? That's such a story of hope.
4: Yes. Uh, I went to treatment. Uh, I was uh, For five days, I was put in against my will because I was harmful to society. Mm. And for the first two or three days, uh, I had been on heavy drugs, so I was on heavy antidotes and I was not very, it wasn't very good or comfortable, Mm -hmm. and I refused to cooperate. And uh, and on the third morning, I was in a cell, and I looked out, and I saw a light, and I stared at the light, and the light said to me, you're a drug addict. Mm. You're an alcoholic. You've gone the wrong way. And I remember looking at it, and I said, well, wait a minute. I'm not a drug addict. All my friends do this. Yeah. I, we all do this. I'm not a drug addict. I think if I had taken a polygraph test then and they'd asked me if I was a drug addict, I would have said no and I would yeah. 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 have passed.
5: I would
4: have passed. And so I went from there and I went out and got a pay phone. I got a quarter, 1990, no mobile. Called my wife and told my wife, I says, I, I'm right where I need to be. Mm. Uh, I have found out what I am. And I spent the next 48 hours in total bliss with the Holy Spirit being in this. The doctors were there, and uh, I cried. I, it all came out. I never, it never felt so wonderful. Mm. Unburdened. Unburdened. Yeah. I got.
3: I, I I don't think it's lost on folks that it was the third day. Yeah. It was the morning of the third day yeah. that yeah. the light came up.
4: Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. It's... And just I... out of nowhere. Yeah. And I could. I. You know. And, and I get to feel it because, I, I. I. If you can believe, I didn't think I had a problem. Mm. And as I look back on it, I was the biggest piece of junk there was. Mm. But. But he he woke me up. Yeah. You were behaving like a piece of junk. He knew you weren't.
2: <laughs> That's a great but way to say. It. It, yes. Yeah, but when you said you saw that light, and at first it sounds like you argued against it, but then that light came in and gave you the truth of what was going uh, on, and you were able to accept, "I am a drug addict," and only when you accepted that could you do something about it. It was That's- more
4: like a message. Yeah, it was more like I, it was more like I, I went to the window, and this light he pounded at me, and what is this? Mm. What are, what are we doing? And and then my mind went, "You're a drug addict." I says, "No,
5: uh-huh.
4: you're a drug addict." yes you are and and i started to accept it yeah and and it was almost like instant relief and in what you just said for 40 for the last 20 years i've been running and hiding
5: yeah
4: and crying yeah and switching and for right then if i would come clean with god it all went away wow it all went away mm. it all went away
3: so that god who you started, you told us a few minutes ago, maybe I don't need this guy, suddenly came rushing back. And the whole time, the distance between you and God was a move on your part, not on his.
4: No, he was always there. (laughs) The whole 20 years he was there. The whole 20 years he was asking. I just wasn't watching. Mm. I just wasn't responding. He never left. I just didn't want to watch. And finally... I watched, and he gave me instant bliss. The bliss he gave me, it was gone. You know, I didn't have anything, but I didn't have any worries, you know, it was just, it was that. I went from that room to call my wife and tell her, don't get me out of here, this is where I wanna be. And the next two days in that treatment center were, were the best there ever, I can't explain, the joy that it, it, it occurred.
1: What a great testimony to, you know, oftentimes we feel like God's abandoned us when we're down these paths. And again, what a great testimony, Phil, of the fact that he's always there. Even if I walk away, he's still there. He's behind you. I don't get that far away from him because he's right there with me. And the other thing, which you said it, Mari, was truth. Yeah. Right? God enters in with his truth. Even if it's to reveal, Phil, let's look in the mirror. What are you dealing with? What are you but he didn't say it in such a way it doesn't sound like like you're a piece of garbage. It sounded like he more said like, let's admit what you've got. Let's admit your problem. But at the same time, I love you, brother.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I love you and I want to take that pain away from you.
2: Yeah, the scripture that's hitting me is, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So he didn't come to you with condemnation.
1: Doesn't sound like he it. He came
2: to you with love and he offered you bliss. And I'm thinking what I heard in that was, The amazing healing that happened, even just in the tone of your voice, our listeners can't see your face, but your face, I can see you reliving that. And he was healing you. He was healing you. Now, there was still obviously some things that happened to you physically that had to be healed by the great people where you were, but he was healing you. And for you to spend two days in a treatment center in bliss... That was such a profound spiritual healing. I think it's
1: also a message to anybody struggling though. It is. That you can go to therapy and you can go to a you know, go, go to drug rehabilitation. You never really fully healed until mm-hmm. God you allow God to enter in and do that healing. And it sounds right. like when you say bliss though with that with that smile on your face, yeah. I mean that's an incredible word. Yeah. It was blissful.
2: Yeah.
4: It was incredible.
2: Yeah. It also makes me think of reconciliation because I have um you know, I know people who have talked about have going to reconciliation and sharing something with the priest who's in Persona Christi in there of something that's just been burying them, that they've been in such darkness and, and hiding from and everything. And as soon as they were able to bring it into the light and offer it in reconciliation and allow the healing of God— in that moment, the the relief that they found, found the healing, the bliss. And I think we don't think about that. We think of reconciliation as punishment. It's not at all. No. no. Yeah.
3: In in the whole, the whole trial, I thought where you might be going, Craig, is just the whole thing that there's got to be a real, there's got to be a breaking point, right? Mm. And so don't, don't be afraid of the breaking point, yeah. get through it knowing he's on the other side. We're not going to have enough time to get in, it, but don't let me forget this because Phil, you shared with us one of the reasons why you feel you were successful in the whole rehabilitation process. And it's, it's, I think it's the center point for the message of hope. And so maybe that's just a great teaser um, that we can hang on to as we, as we, you know, head toward the the bottom uh, of the hour here. But um, I, I just think the message of the difficulty rightly received always produces fruit right
2: Right, yeah so when we come back from our break we're going to hear more of phil's story he's so graciously sharing with us Um, but we're also going to get to hear and this is what's so fun to me is that that god calls you into new callings he calls you into new purposes and he calls you to be hope for the captives and just helps help him set the captives free i mean we are called that's our mission is to go out there and to be hope for those people who are um, hurting and to help set captives free. And Phil has got some beautiful stories of how he has done that because of the freedom that he found um, through just this joy in, in God and handing his, his life back over. And I love Phil tells us, and he'll tell you, you'll hear it after the break, it, when people come to thank him, he goes, nope, it's not me, it's God. <laughs> and so your humility is beautiful, Phil. So we love that.
0: We'll be right back inside the family room in moments. Sponsored by Verse Sprite on The Quest.
4: In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see versprite.com. That's versprite.com The Quest thanks Versprite for their support.
0: The Quest presents Pro Life Minutes.
6: Think of the most famous unplanned pregnancy, Mary. A poor unmarried teenager accepted God's will for her life. Her unplanned pregnancy brought us the savior of the world. Just as Mary said yes to life, the mothers of Tim Tebow, Beethoven, Nick Cannon, and JP 2 all rejected abortion for their child. Yet all of them have impacted the world through their lives. To the families feeling burdened by an unplanned pregnancy, have faith in God's plan. All babies are made in the image and likeness of God. Let every child be born, for the birth of every child changes the world. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com.
3: This is Father Kevin Peake a priest of the Archdiocese of Atlanta, and this is my favorite prayer, the breastplate of St. Patrick. Let us pray. Christ be with me. Christ within me. Christ behind me. Christ before me. Christ beside me. Christ to win me. Christ to comfort and restore me. Christ beneath me. Christ above me. Christ in quiet. Christ in danger. Christ in hearts of all that love me. Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. Amen.
6: This is Lisa Popchek from More to Life. Catholic Radio changes lives. It's for you, with you, every single day. Whether you're rejoicing over something and you need a community to share that with, or you're struggling with something and you need a community to support you. We're here for you every day to teach you about your faith and to help you live it. This is your home, and we're always here for you. Thanks to our friends at EWTN, our programming is provided free of charge. But this station has other expenses that must be paid to keep the doors open and the lights on. Support of your local Catholic radio station helps keep shows like More to Life available in your area. No matter the amount, your gift works to make a difference for you, for others, and for the future of Catholic radio. Please prayerfully consider making a gift right now. We'll talk to you soon. To donate, log on to thequestatlanta.com. St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com.
0: Welcome back to the Family Room with Mari, John, and Craig, sponsored by Sprite on AM 1160, The Quest.
2: Welcome back into the family room. As you heard, we are with our guest, Phil Nagel. And as we said right before the break, Phil's got an amazing story of redemption, of hope, and he shares this with so many people. Um, And before the break, uh, we heard that he had recognized God had shown up when he was in a recovery center. God showed up in a a big way and helped Phil see the truth and helped him stop hiding and offered him uh, a chance to walk in God's light. And so of course, there were some challenges along the way. I think the first beginning of that journey was pretty easy and um, and then it started to get a little bit more challenging, but God continued to show up. So Phil, can we jump back into your story? Um, you, you actually got out of the treatment facility and then of course there was the journey that started from there.
4: As soon as I got out of treatment center, my wife who was a, de- a devout Catholic stuck by me and that was huge mm-hmm. and prayed together with me. And made it really easy to try try to get my relationship with God back stronger, and so every every we continued to work. But every night we'd go to a Narcotics Anonymous meeting, and it, it was just blissful. And uh, you know, it, it, we, each each day was uh, better than the last day. Hmm. And then one day I went to. Uh, about three or four months, uh, or about 90 days or 100 days in, uh, a man appeared to the meeting, and uh, he broke down and cried. And after five years, he went back out. He'd been out for a year, and it, he just made a mess. And I was just in shock. I didn't think I would ever hear that. So I went to my, my uh, sponsor, and I screamed at him, Hoyt! For the love of peace, tell me what he did wrong. Mm. I don't ever want to give this up. And he looked me square in the eye and he said, you remember this one thing, Phil. You go find God and you hold on to him. Mm. Don't ever let go of him. And the moment you think you did it and not God, you're in trouble. Mm. You're in thin ice. But if you hold on to him and you pray, you'll grow and you'll make this journey. And that stuck like a, a tattoo on my heart. Mm. And for 34 years, I've walked with that tattoo. I pray that tattoo every day. I pray every morning. And I have never touched anything.
2: Mm. And, you know, and that's one of the miracles. I think you mentioned even that the people where you went through your recovery said they had never seen anybody who had been um, as addicted to heroin as you were at the time who was a, were able to do that, to go no cold turkey. Really nice. ter- turkey no, no relapse. relapse no relapse that's amazing what a miracle
3: I, I know that there's more right so you made the commitment that god who was so far away you went back and found him he actually found you he did it there the whole time so then all kinds of things happened. as we were talking um phil you said you know you you found god you stayed with god and all along he just showed you things he just kept showing you things rewarding your faithfulness share a little bit with our listeners some of the some of the reminders that he gave you that he was a good and faithful god
4: in my journey back, it, it was a slow, continuous journey. Mm. He was there all the time, and he, and every time, uh, every four, five, six months, something would happen, and he would show me. And I got closer and closer to him. And um, uh, a a lot of uh, a lot of good things happened in my life. We were able to have two more children, mm. my wife and I. Yeah, one thing interesting,
1: Phil, you talked about the beauty of your wife staying with you. And I think you mentioned in one of our conversations how in God's blessings, you have a couple more kids, which is awesome. But I think what is more compelling, not more compelling, that's not the right word, but what is as compelling is um, how God took your brokenness and what you went through and is using it, though, to help other people and bring them to a point of healing can you talk a little bit about that because i think your businesses are based on it kind of i think you've helped addicts overcome their addictions can you help our listeners understand that
4: story sure uh my my recovery journey was was slow steady and constant and so i i would do it one day at a time i would pray and god would put things in in front of me mm-hmm. and as i it became more and more uh Sober, I would see things that I didn't see before, and so I would be able to go to an NA meeting, and I would see a guy that was broken, and I I, I would and he needed some help, and at the beginning I'd say, well, I'll give you a job, and so I would give them a job, mm-hmm. and and uh, and uh, a lot of those people are still with the company. Oh, Twenty six years, <laughs> they've helped people. So basically, what. What I was starting to see God was doing, if I if I prayed and I was thankful and I lived a day at a time, but I had to keep my eyes open mm-hmm. because it's all around you. And when I was drugging and drinking, I didn't see it. Yeah. So he put all kinds of beautiful things in, and all I would try to do is assist and help them. And I have many, many, I have a, uh, I, I, uh, I have a good story about a, a lady at work for me. She was having a cocaine problem, and so I, I helped her get started to... To recovery. Uh, to, to recovery, uh, to 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 recovery. Yeah. and I told her she was a female, and I was a male, so she had to get a female sponsor. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. And and so we had a chapel at our office, so we had the whole floor. And so the priest would come in, and we would do Mass, and Lisa hadn't been to church a long time, and, and she would go to Mass, and, and, and I... When I opened the chapel as a Catholic church, they the my lawyer says, "Phil, you're crazy." I says, "What?" <laughs> he says, "You're going to get sued." And I and I said to him, "Nobody sues God." <laughs> <laughs> I says, "Nobody sues God." And, and and so when it was time for mass, I would say, "Whoever wants to come could come," and then I we would do lunch and and talk with the Jewish religion, and we also would do Bible study. And so, I walked that journey. Nobody ever did sue me for that. They sued me for other things. <laughs> <laughs> so, poor old Lisa, I, we, 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 I remember this story. Uh, she she was doing well, and a year and a half clean, and make a good money, and and she came down with breast cancer.
5: Oh, wow.
4: And so, she went and had the operation. And uh, she didn't take chemo, Mm. but so she came back to work. She became close to Father Peter at mass, and she was now back in her Catholic church. And then six months later, the cancer came back through her whole body. Mm. And uh, she went, she left work for three or four months, and then she had to go to hospice.
5: Mm.
4: And she was in hospice to die at 41
5: oh, wow.
4: Wow. and so I got Father Peter who helped her find religion and I say we gotta go pray with Lisa I, and I said I don't ask you anything we gotta go
1: <laughs> Phil's a doer by the way if you can't
4: tell <laughs> and, and so we went and Lisa was in the hospice over in Lennox Point right next to the, the room my father was in four or five years ago that died and we prayed, and we prayed, and the other priests prayed. And we came back every day, and we prayed. And and I kept telling them, now when you're in this hospice, there's no tomorrow. I mean, on this earth, yeah. two doctors have signed. So we came back on about the seventh or eighth day, and Lisa and I were close from a business thing. And she says, Phil, I'm going to Jacksonville to die with my parents. I I want you to do me a favor. She's 41 years old.
5: Mm.
4: She says, can you take care of my son and and, uh, uh, watch out for him? I said, sure. And she says, I'm going to leave tomorrow morning to go to Jacksonville to die with my parents. So Father Peter and and Father David Delville, they prayed with her for a couple hours. We said goodbye. I came back in the morning, hugged her and off she went to Jacksonville. We talked once a day, we de- we sent emails, and uh-oh, one week became two weeks. Two weeks became four weeks. Four weeks became eight weeks. I said, Lisa, what are you doing? <laughs> and she says, no, I'm just praying to God. You told me, Father Peter, you did. I said, I'm getting Father Peter, we're gonna come down to Jacksonville and pray with you. (laughs) So off we went, Father Peter and Father David, we we went down and prayed with her in Jacksonville, met her mother, had a wonderful, went back to Atlanta, life goes on, two months, three months, four months, (laughs) one year. I can't believe it, I, 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 I said to my wife, She was in hospice. Mm. Two doctors that says it's time to die. Mm. And she's alive. And we kept, and I was very close to Lisa at this stage. She started losing. Then one morning at two o'clock in the morning, the phone rings. My wife answers the phone and there's a lady screaming. Mm. He's dead. He's dead her son at OD, and was in the morgue. And and she said, Phil, would you go down and identify him tomorrow? He was 17, 18 years old. And I told her, I says, Lisa, 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 I tried. He'd come some, but then he wouldn't show up. In this program of drug rehab, the person has to come. I can't do it. Oh, I'm sorry. And here's my friend that was in hospice, just tortured. Mm. So the next morning, I couldn't identify him, the step, her husband did, and and she, Lisa's just distraught. Her only boy's dead, and she said, and she says, Phil, Phil, can you get him a, a Christian burial? Because he wasn't going to church. So I called the legionaries and I and I said, okay guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull one on you. You're going to say, I'm gonna put them in that community uh, uh, church, non-denomination church up there by the cemetery, and I know you guys can't, but you can say our fathers in prayers. Now you owe me one, you owe me one. I don't ask for much. They said yes, so a day or two passes and uh, uh, I head towards the I'm going to meet Lisa which I haven't seen in, in six months at the at this place and my wife and I drive and show up and back then I always wore coat and tie and stuff and I told my wife I have no idea how many people will be here and I says probably 20, 30, 40 you know well, we'll it'll be fine we turn the corner and there's a thousand
2: oh my word
4: all the Riverwood students. Oh my gosh. You know, he played the guitar, they were there. I get out of the car, and because I'm the only one with the tie on, they think I'm the minister. <laughs> <laughs> and so on. I get on the phone, I call, phone, you get over here right now. <laughs> so he comes over here right now. There's gonna be a good punch. And so we sit in there for the ceremony, and Father David said to, to the crowd, standing room only, I met Lisa three and a half years ago in hospice, and today we're burying her only son.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Now now the finish of the story is a year and a half later. I'm in Philadelphia with my son and his to go to a Philadelphia Eagle playoff game. We have tickets. It's cold December. We're all ready to go. the phone rings hello Phil this is Lisa can you talk to me I said sure I can talk to you Lisa what's up well the doctor told me it's time to quit I said what do you mean well I'm down to 70 pounds and my bones are breaking
3: mm. oh, mm.
4: and I asked him would you say this if I was your wife and he said, yes. And I said, oh, Lisa, I'm so sorry. She says, no. I I need you to tell me one thing. What's heaven like?
5: Mm-hmm.
4: What's heaven like?
2: Mm. So she had hope.
4: Yeah. What is heaven like? And my boys are just anxious to see the game. And Peter can see me crying. You know. Yeah. And and you can't just say, well, uh, well, Lisa, I'll call you back tomorrow.
5: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah.
4: We talked and we talked and we talked and we talked. We missed the first quarter. We talked. The boys didn't care. She died the next morning. Mm -hmm. And I told everybody that were my close friends. I talked to God last night through Lisa. Mm
5: -hmm.
4: I says, what an honor that God gave me for a dying person to try to say what's heaven like mm. and I says I told my son I said this is not like a bible class this is not like a bible class mm. and so off it, it occurred
1: mm. this is an example though of you know again taking somebody from a very low point in their life bringing them to a point of salvation in a lot of ways and really putting you in a position like, you know, you, you kept the money. God didn't take all the money away. He He left you prosperity so you could walk with people, though. I mean, our faith is meant to walk with people. Um, and, folks, sorry, if you're listening to us right now, you're uh, in the family room with Phil Nagel. We're talking about an amazing story of um, salvation, redemption, and how God uses us in those circumstances to walk with people and love them, and, and really, what I'm hearing is, you were Christ to these people, and you were bringing faith to them. Mm-hmm. That you know, when the world was like, your life's over, your prayer, you're bringing other people into prayer. You know, here's somebody dying of cancer, and by God's grace and your your love and your care, lived three, four years longer than they were supposed to, because God had a work to continue to do, right? you know, in the despair of our lives, God has a work to do. And I'm imagining he's still using you at 70. Would you say you were 76, 76? Yeah, he's still using it.
2: Yeah, I love the fact that you remind us to keep your eyes open, right? When you were in your addiction, you were only focused on yourself, you couldn't see anything else. But as soon as you came out of your addiction, God started showing you All around you these opportunities and so there were opportunities both in the community in the narcotics anonymous community there were opportunities to help people there were opportunities in your business like you said with with your friend Lisa there were there are sounds like there's still opportunities kind of all over the country you travel and talk to other people who maybe have lost hope or don't realize that there is a next next part of your story so you know for each of us I think it's a great opportunity to say huh where are my opportunities to pour into people, right?
3: I think and even before that um, it's so you, it would be a mistake to think that you're blinded the only addiction that blinds you mm. is heroin and alcohol right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, the addictions that blind us can be just this madding passion for success in our job yeah and and not paying attention, not opening our eyes to the things in the periphery. so I, it would be a mistake, I think to say look you have to be, the Phil who was on drugs to be blinded. No, we we all have that piece that we've got to cut loose, and and I guess that makes me want to ask a question, Phil. You do a ton of work with um, helping people who are addicted and 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 get them out of that scenario. <clears throat> but in your business, I gotta believe there's things that you do so so that people don't get blinded by the day, just the day in and day out stuff. Am, am I right about that?
4: Correct. Right. I uh, I try, and I get I get better and better each year. I get up every morning, and I pray and meditate for an hour, hour and a half, and I I thank God for what I have, and 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 I and He helps me. I on my sins, sins of judgment, Mm. uh, where I I judge people, sins uh, of. Uh, Of keeping my eyes open to see everybody and I get excited to walk down the streets in New York now because I'm going to live in this day and I and I see people that that have so very little but Mm. I see them now
5: Mm -hmm.
4: four or five months ago I walked past the lady in in New York that only had one tooth Mm. and she was really pretty and I walked past her and and I tell him when I get to work, I can't help them all. <laughs> I'll never get anything done. And so I go to work, and, and about the third or fourth day, there she is again. And I walk past her, and, and uh, I, I heard my conscience say, you go back there. You go back there. I took a couple more steps, and I turned around and went back there. Now, this lady's pretty unattractive with one tooth. And I asked her what her name was and what she was doing and, and became a, a, a voice box. Just somebody that cared. Mm-hmm. She told me she's just out of jail and she's been in this shelter and she's sitting right here with a big smile drawing pictures to get money. So that day I gave her some money and took a picture. So what, for the next week I'd always buy a picture and on about the third or fourth month, I'm turning the corner and I see my little Jennifer jumping up and down and like, like like she, what's the matter? She's so happy, she's smiling. I've been waiting for you. F- and I said, what's up? She says, I drew these pictures for you. Mm. And on the envelope it said, to sir, oh. from me. Her pictures were like a third or fourth grader. Mm -hmm. I want you to have these. And I gave her some money, and I went back to my office and cried. Mm
5: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
4: I said to God, don't let me feel this good. It's not right. And he reminded me, judgment, keep your eyes open. I love Jennifer as much as I love you. And I close with telling my five children, they always get on me and they say, well, Daddy, God gave you a lot of money to give away. I says, you don't have to have money to say you love. You don't have to have money to talk to them. You just gotta figure it out. And guess what, kids? You're gonna get the best joy of the world. You're gonna get the joy of God. It's not about this world. And He gives it to you in this world. And I can I, I, I am so blessed. I have a hundred of those stories.
1: Mm. You yeah, know, Phil, then even in spiritual direction, we talk about inner healing a lot of times. Yeah. No, you're good. No, that was great. But I think it's, it's interesting because what you, know, you encounter is when you can tell people God sees you. Yeah, yeah. Their lives change because most people don't feel seen. Yeah. Most people feel left out. And when you're like, yeah, but God sees you not a face in a crowd he sees you individually yeah. but that's what you're doing yeah i mean you're you're walking up to these people you're seeing them you're acknowledging the fact that you're alive you're human i see you that's god's hug and a kiss
2: yeah yeah and you gave jennifer the gift of being able to give right yeah Correct. And that's such an amazing gift that we can give to other people as well.
4: And smile yeah. and laugh and get excited yeah. when I came around the corner.
2: yeah,
4: And I did nothing but give give talk to her and give her God's love.
2: Yeah. And I'm sure to you now, Jennifer is beautiful. Even with one tooth, Jennifer is beautiful. <laughs> she is. right. She is. You yeah.
3: uh, yeah. see how she, God sees.
2: Yeah. You see how she you is. see with God's she eyes.
3: She
2: is. You know, and I, what I love about your stories, too, is how your children get to see these things happen how they get to see that. So um, whatever we can do, however, we can
1: do We we can do a mini series on on Phil's because you haven't seen all the stories he's been telling us. Yeah, we've got a real, we have a much better picture. (laughs) Which is great. We can write a movie and and, and prompt, you know, Phil's life in a movie and capture all the stories.
2: Yeah, yeah. So we're down actually just to our last half a minute or so with Phil. We've loved having you here today. It's been an honor and a blessing to hear your stories and to hear how God has redeemed you and given you the opportunity to offer his hope and his love to so many people, um, Phil, would you feel comfortable um, praying a uh, uh, closing prayer with us? Sure. Yeah,
4: yeah. In the Father, Son, and the Holy, Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. God, we thank you for all that you've given us, and all the blessings, and all the all the friendship, and and we are so so glad that you are allowing us to share and carry your message to other people. Through our actions and not just our words. And I think as Saint Francis Assisi said, uh, I I am gonna spread I'm gonna spread the Bible, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it through my actions and not my words. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord, the Lord is, is with thee. With blessed art thou, thou amongst women, women and blessed, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners Mary, now at the hour of our death. Amen. amen. And
3: Father, and Father and Son and
2: the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, Phil, for blessing no us problem. today. Thank you. Um, and thank you, all of our listeners. We've loved having you here with us in the family room. Please be with us again next week here in the family room where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families.
0: Thanks for hanging out with us in the family room, sponsored by Sprite. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.